This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of both World Ministries International, Eagles Saving Nations. Please go to my website, worldministries.org. That's worldministries.org and see what it's all about. We have to have another great awakening or the Republic will fall and judgment is coming. We've got to have a national repentance. Now, it's my delight today to have with us as our special guest, uh, again, wherever you're watching or listening around the world, this is a live audience, children present. We're in our staff chapel here at World Ministries International, where we do a service every single week for the staff and their families. But our special guest is, is Debbie. I'm gonna introduce her like I would in some third world countries or Africa. Uh, Debbie Hansen Seward Morris. <laughs> okay, because I'm proud of her. Uh, she's a Hansen as much as a Seward. Her mother's a Hansen. And so Margaret Hansen married uh, Fred Seward and, and obviously done tremendous work around the world. Uncle Fred, years ago I worked for him. He was my mission director and uh, in a great church by apostolic leader Rick Seward. And so I'm, I'm proud of my heritage. I know that uh, we're cut from the same cloth. Uh, my, the Hansen family, Grandpa Hansen was his first missionary with the Assemblies of God in Northern China. Uh, district superintendent, uh, they could have escaped a concentration camp. He prayed. He said, God told me to stay with the church. Many left, they stayed. They were persecuted. Uh, my father told me many stories. Her mother went through it too. Uh, they had adopted a, uh, a Chinese lady. Her husband, a pastor, was shot and killed. Uh, I believe that uh, this life is only a temporary phase passing through, but the real life is what we're living for. We have eternal life. We never die. I believe, if necessary, not that we want to, but I believe in laying down our life. So Debbie's been instrumental uh, in my life. I appreciate her very much. And... Uh, different times, spent some time with her as we were growing up. But we were always in different places. They were on the mission field. We were under mission field in Hawaii when it was called uh, Department of Foreign Missions. And so anyway, but uh, I remember going to Singapore. She was on her way to uh, China. And uh, I always appreciated her, her dedication. She was a missionary, her and her family in China. And uh, now she's back in America and has served in several churches here. So once again, it's my pleasure to uh, introduce uh, my cousin, Debbie Morris. Debbie? I'm glad to be here, glad to be with all of you. I welcome you and whoever's watching, we welcome you to hear God's word with us. Um, when I speak at home, I refuse to let my husband introduce me. <laughs> no flowery speeches, please. <laughs> All right. Um, let's pray before we start. Father, I thank and praise you for your Holy Spirit, for your word. I thank you that our ears will be open, our eyes will be open but most of all that our hearts would be open amen. and that we would give ourselves wholly to you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. This is a message from my heart. Um, so you have to excuse me if I get teared up some through it from time to time. Um, what the Lord laid on my heart, which seemed 
a little odd at first because it's like preaching to the choir a little bit. Jesus is coming soon. That's that's what he really laid on my heart. <clears throat> and uh, the first verse I'd like us to look at together is Revelation 22, 12. This is Jesus in his own words. And he said, Behold, I am coming quickly. We know it's been a little while since he was here on earth with us. And he said, I am coming quickly, which means we are even closer now. I am coming quickly and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. Jesus is coming again. There is no doubt about it. He will come to receive his bride to be caught up and presented to the father. He is coming and he is looking for a bride who is ready to go. Um, so we must be ready. If we look at Luke 21, 36, it says, watch therefore and pray always. We just heard about praying always just Friday night, right? Uh, pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. So look at that word, watch. We have to be alert. We have to be watching. Uh, pray always. I hope it's all right to be a little interactive. Does that remind you of another verse in the Bible somewhere? Anybody? Okay. First Thessalonians 5.17. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. And it's interesting when I, when I looked up the verse to put it down, um, then just a thought just came to me. Go up and look at the beginning of that chapter. And in 1 Thessalonians 5.2, look what he was talking about when he told them to pray without ceasing. It says, For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. I had never really realized that pray without ceasing was associated with proclaiming that Jesus is coming again and the day of the Lord is imminent. It's close by. And so because of that, we must watch and we must pray without ceasing. Amen. And we have to make sure that we will be counted worthy. Not every single person who comes into a church, not every single person who says, I know Jesus, not every single person who says, I've had an encounter with him, will be caught up. Right. Not every single person. We have to seek him with our whole hearts and, and let him work in us his worthiness mm -hmm. so that we will be counted worthy. I want to look at, in Luke 21, the two verses that preceded 36, let's look at 34 and 35. It says, Take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life. I don't think I have to worry about carousing and drunkenness right here. <laughs> but cares of this life, mm, that that day come on you unexpectedly. 
for it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. There's no doubt about it. It will come. Yeah. It will come. And so we have to take heed to ourselves. Um, take heed to yourselves. It reminded me of 1 Corinthians 11, 28 and 31. It's talking about communion there, but, but it really just jumped into me um, the two verses out of 1 Corinthians 11. Let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. And in verse 31, if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. So we have to take heed to ourselves. We have to examine what is happening inside of ourselves. And the other part in uh, Luke 21, 34, we take heed to ourselves. We don't let our hearts be weighed down. That's the second one. Lest your hearts be weighed down. And does that remind anyone of anything? Weights? Yeah. Hebrews 12, 1? Yes. Yes. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance or patience the race that is set before us. Just a little sneak in here. It's not those who begin the race that win. It's those that finish the race that win. So we have to keep our eyes on the goal. We keep our eyes on what we are waiting for. We keep our eyes on Jesus. Because he is the one who is going to bring us through. He is the one who is going to give us the power to finish our race. Okay, so sin, we all know what sin is. Sometimes it's little and we try to cover, you know, we try to say, well, that's not really sin, you know. But there's sin in people. One thing we can be thankful for is we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will never let you remain in sin. He will talk to you about it so that you can get it right in your life. What about the weight? It's not sin, but it is something that the Holy Spirit knows will make it harder for you to reach your goal. It's something that will keep you back. So um, this... This happened, I'm sure it's happened more than one, but what I was reminded of was a few years ago, the Lord told me, I want you to stop reading Grace Livingston Hill books. I don't know if any of you have read the, them. They're Christian books, just wonderful stories. People get saved and, and, you know, there's some romance and, you know, everything is wonderful and it all ends well you know we all like to read stories or I like to read stories that end well so but the Lord's but you know as a person who reads books I don't know about you guys but me I'm one of those if I start I'm not going to stop I'm going to read it till the end no matter what's happening no matter if there's a chaos going on in my house uh, you know the house is falling apart I'm going to read that book so <laughs> The Lord said to me, I want you to not read those. So I put them aside. But what I didn't realize was when I put them aside, inside of me, there was a little bit like, 
why? Why do I have to do this? You know, I mean, these are good. They're on and on and on. Well, just earlier this year, then the Lord um, spoke to me and said, you know what? You're resenting me for something that I ask of you. So once he reveals it, what can you do? (laughs) So I definitely repented and turned my back on it and I gathered up all those books and gave them away and and I had been on Facebook, you know, they had some groups, you know, I deleted those groups off of, you know, no part of it. He said, give it up. And, you know, I repented from being resentful about him asking me and, and I'm not, you know, it was a transforming time in my life because I realized something was there that shouldn't be there. And I don't know what that would have kept me from. Only God knows. But he does know. He does know. And I re- because I remember uh, years ago when I was a teenager, I think, I had a dream. I don't have a whole lot of dreams that mean anything, but there's just a little handful. And this was one of them, and the Lord reminded me of it. In my dream, I dreamed that there was an altar, and there was a little cute lamb tied to the altar, a sacrifice. And as I looked at it, I said, oh, that's so cute. Poor lamb. Let me go untie it, you know. And as I went toward it, all of a sudden, it's like the lamb just, its face turned into a snarl and it reached out like trying to bite me. And when I woke up, it was like the Lord said to me, when I ask you to give something up, it's because if you don't, it will hurt you. And so I never forgot that, that when he asks us to lay something aside, it's not um, to make us feel bad. It's not to make us unhappy, but it's because he wants the best for us. He wants the best for us. And there's cares of this life, cares of this life. I want to look at Luke 10, 38 to 42. Look at Martha and Mary. Mary and Martha. We usually always say Mary and Martha, although I would guess Martha was the older one. So Luke 10, 38 to 42. Now it happened as they went, he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Okay, listen to Martha. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. I read this years, year after year after year, and I guess I tend to be a Martha type, I guess. You know, when there's work to be done, there's work to be done. If you've got to feed people, you've got to set the table and make sure that everything's in order and all the food is fixed. And, and I said, Lord, it so seems so not right unfair something's wrong and the lord i said you know so who was going to feed them if she didn't if she didn't do all those things and you know what he said to me 
What about the loaves and the fish? No one had to do anything. You know, we can trust God. We don't have to let ourselves get caught up in the cares of the world. We can listen to the Holy Spirit. And we don't have to be full of care. Because the Holy Spirit will lead us step by step in peace. In peace. Okay. So that was God's little talking to me, you know. You don't have to get in a tizzy and in a fuss. I can do a miracle. He can, he can make food appear if he wants to. He can provide whatever you need without you striving for it because he wants us to rely upon him. So the other thing that uh, Casting Cares reminded me of was the parable of the sower and the seed. And I'm going to read... Uh, from Matthew 13, 22, Mark 4, 18 and 19, and Luke 8, 14. One of, one of the things where all it's told in three of the Gospels, not all the stories are in every one of the Gospels um, except John. So in Matthew it says, He who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. And in Mark, it puts it this way. These are the ones sown among thorns. They're the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and desires for other things. Entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. And in Luke 8.14, the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. Did you notice in all of them, the cares of life choke you? What happens to a person who is choked? He dies. (laughs) The breath is cut off from his body. He dies. And they all said, unfruitful, no fruit. So... What's the problem with that? Look at John 15, 15. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain and whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. We have been called and chosen by him to be fruitful so we cannot allow the cares of life to creep in because they choke us and make us unfruitful. Back to Luke 21, 36. Watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things, that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. My mom tells a story of when she was a little girl, maybe about five, when she was in China. And they had a lady who would come and do sewing at their house sometimes. And her mom, my mom's mom, my grandmother, had a big pair of scissors from Germany. And they were, that part of the scissors, <laughs> were magnetic. And so, you know, this... this um, Lady would come and she would bring straight pins because she was fixing stuff or sewing stuff. And my mom, I don't know, you might have heard her tell it yourselves. She would love to, she was about five, and she would love to just 
toss, does this remind you of someone? Toss the straight pins all over the rug. <laughs> toss the straight pins all over the rug, and then she would open the scissors and walk across the rug, and all those pins would just like boop, 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 boop. They would all just jump right onto the scissors because it was magnetic and they were metal. And then, you know, once they were all picked up, she'd take them all off and toss them out again <laughs> and do it again and again. She, she remembers it fondly doing that. But she said the Lord showed her, told her, showed her that that's kind of an example of when Jesus comes. When Jesus comes and he comes partway down, those of us who are ready, those of us who he counts worthy, we'll be caught up to meet him in the air. So the question is now, are we magnetized to him or are we magnetized to the world? When he comes, will we be caught up or will too many things have their hold upon us and we will be kept down? Well, we have to examine our lives for that. Colossians 3, 1 and 2 says it in a little different way. If you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind and affection on things above, not on things of this earth. If we allow our affections to be here on the things around us, even our family, Whatever may be precious, our first affection cannot be here. Our first affection must be there with him. And then as he comes, we'll be caught up to meet him in the air, just like going to a magnet. Amen. So take heed that we, that's just the introduction. <laughs> take heed that we pursue the fear of the Lord. First and foremost in our lives, let's take heed that we pursue the fear of the Lord in our lives. Proverbs 1.7 says, The fear of the Lord <clears throat> is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. We have a choice. We can choose to follow after the fear of the Lord, or we can choose to ignore it. We can choose to despise it. It's our choice. You know, God is a wonderful, loving, amazing God. And he gave each of us a choice. He did not make us robots where he pushes the button and we follow after him what he says to do. Whatever he asks us to do, whatever he puts in front of us, he gives us a choice. We can say yes. Or we can say no, because he gave us that freedom of choice. Amen. We are blessed, Amen. and some people don't use it wisely. Amen. We have a choice to choose the fear of the Lord or not. And I'm going to read several verses to you now, also from Proverbs 1. I'm going to read verses 20 to 33. <clears throat> Wisdom calls aloud outside. Okay, this is wisdom personifying the fear of the Lord, okay? The fear of the Lord. Wisdom calling us to the fear of the Lord. Wisdom calls outside. <clears throat> she raises her voice in the open squares. She cries out in the chief concourses. 
At the openings of the city gates, she speaks her words. How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? For scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Turn at my rebuke. Surely, listen, so, so, so wisdom is saying, come, come, learn of the fear of the Lord. And, and look, if we turn and come, surely I will pour out my spirit on you. Amen. I will make my words known to you. All we have to do is follow the voice of wisdom calling us to the fear of the Lord. Verse 24 is very sad. It says, and, and I've added a word in here, but, a huge big but, because I called and you refused, I have stretched out my hand and no one regarded, because you disdained all my counsel and would have none of my rebuke, I will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your terror comes. When your terror comes like a storm and your destruction comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then they will call on me and I will not answer. Yes. That is not what it says over in Jeremiah, is it? No. Jeremiah 33.3 says, call on me and I will answer you. But these people had a chance and they chose to turn their backs, to turn away from God. And he said, when you call on me, I will not answer. They will seek me diligently and they will not find me. Brothers and sisters, it is a serious thing that when the Holy Spirit speaks to you and woos you and calls you to himself, that you take advantage of that, mm -hmm. that you say yes, that you make yourself available to him. In verse 29, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, they had a choice but they did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would have none of my counsel and despised my every rebuke. 31, so sad. Therefore, they will eat the fruit of their own way. Isn't that just a scary thought? They will be filled to full with their own fancies. For the turning away of the simple will slay them. The turning away of the simple will slay them. And the complacency of fools will destroy them. We thank you for tuning in to the radio program, Warning, with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International and Eagle Saving Nations. We trust that you are enjoying and being blessed by Dr. Hansen's cousin, Reverend Debbie Morris, and her message, Jesus is Coming Soon. Tune in tomorrow for the conclusion of this message. We encourage everyone to visit worldministries.org, that is worldministries.org, click on Eagle Saving Nations, and become part of the movement. America needs another great awakening if we are to save the liberties and freedoms around the world. Shalom, and may the Lord richly bless you. <laughs>